that crude and catchy video and jingle. It was later a video game as well, and it was actually to promote railway safety in Melbourne. Hands up if you've seen the video before. Okay. Um, so it's called Dumb Ways to Die, um, as you saw, and the, the video shows, well, a number of dumb ways to die before finishing off, which I didn't show you, with the dumbest ways to die, which according to Melbourne Metro is standing on the edge of a train station platform, driving around the boom gates at a level crossing, and running across the tracks between the platforms. Well, Psalm 49 says that there's actually dumber ways to die than this, or a dumber way to die than this. So will you pray with me as we ask God to help us understand this psalm? Please pray with me. Dear Lord, as we approach this psalm today, um, please just cast any uh, worries and anxieties that we have aside so that we can focus on your word. Please teach us through your Holy Spirit as we go through. Um, please speak through me as well and, uh, and let you speak through me, Lord, and um, help everyone in this congregation and those watching online to, to understand that you'll soften their hearts to respond to this word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, keep your Bibles open as we look at Psalm 49 together. Now, this is an unusual psalm. Most psalms are either prayer or praise, but this psalm is a little bit more like a proverb, and the psalmist is preaching to us. So it's actually more similar to the book of Proverbs or Job or Ecclesiastes than some of the other psalms. Have a look with me at verses 1 to 4. Hear this, all you peoples. Listen, all who live in this world, both low and high, rich and poor alike. My mouth will speak words of wisdom. The meditation of my heart will give you understanding. I will turn my ear to a proverb. With the harp I will expound my riddle. Well, this psalm is actually written to everyone, high and low, rich and poor, wise and foolish, you and me. It's a wise word about death, as we'll see soon. And just like the guitar playing in Dumb Ways to Die, the psalmist is actually going to teach us through the harp and includes his own jingle throughout the song. See if you can spot that if you haven't already. So this talk's going to have three parts. Number one, you're going to die. Number two, the first way to die. And number three, the second way to die. So number one, if you're following the outline, you're going to die. Well, our culture isn't actually very good at talking about death. Most people go through life not even talking about it, especially their own death. Younger people tend to think that they're invincible. And some older people think that they'll live forever. But when we do need to talk about death, we seem to sanitize it by turning it into a video and a jingle. In 2022, it was estimated that a person has a 15% chance of dying from cancer. But it's actually guaranteed that a person has a 100% chance of dying eventually. Sometimes death can be threatened prematurely too, especially by those in power and authority over us. And this is actually the situation that the psalmist finds himself in. The psalmist is seen or experiencing what he calls evil days, brought on by some wicked, deceptive, wealthy, rich people. Have a look with me at verses 5 to 12. Why should I fear when evil days come, when wicked deceivers surround me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of their great riches? 
No one can redeem the life of another or give to God a ransom for them. The ransom for a life is costly. No payment is ever enough so that they should live on forever and not see decay. For all can see that the wise die, that the foolish and the senseless also perish, leaving their wealth to others. Their tombs will remain their houses forever, their dwellings for endless generations, though they had named lands after themselves. People, despite their wealth, do not endure. They are like the beasts that perish. We're probably familiar with the word ransom, but we tend to only use the word redeem when we exchange a voucher or a coupon for something. But in this passage, to redeem means to be saved by paying a ransom, like exchanging money for a life. Now, money can buy you a lot in life, but how far can it go to save you from death? Well, in 1973, John Paul Getty III, grandson of oil tycoon John Paul Getty, was kidnapped. Now, this is a true story made famous by the film All the Money in the World. Now, his mother received a ransom note demanding $17 million for his life. His grandfather, first reluctant, eventually paid the ransom, but only $3 million of the $17 million, because $3 million was apparently the maximum tax-deductible amount that he could pay. Such is the life of the rich. The rest was finally paid by Getty's father. So Getty was now redeemed. He was ransomed from his kidnappers. But in 2011, at 54 years old, Getty III died. No amount of money could stop his eventual death. Now looking back at verse 5 of the psalm, the psalmist asks himself, why should I fear when evil days come? The psalmist isn't afraid because he knows that no one, not even the wealthy and the rich, like Getty III, can escape death. There's a limit to what money can do, isn't there? It can be used to extend our lives through healthcare, or it can be used to make us look younger through beauty products. But we will eventually see death and decay. No amount of money can save or redeem anyone from a permanent place in the grave. It can't pay the ransom. It can only be left to others and buy us a good burial plot or a good coffin. So who do we owe a ransom to, you might be thinking? Well, if you look at verse 7, verse 7 says we owe a ransom to God. But why do we owe a ransom to God? Well, we have two reasons. Firstly, our sin. And secondly, God's wrath. You see, back in Genesis 3, we won't go there, but we learn that everyone has disobeyed God. And by disobeying God, we have exchanged God for things that we have made, such as our money and our reputations. And as a result, we have become enslaved to, or kidnapped, if you will, by death. And we are in need of redemption or saving. And we are therefore 
because of our sin, deserving of God's wrath. Now, God's wrath is his just retribution upon those who have sinned against him and have disobeyed him. So it's because of our sin and our disobedience that we are deserving of God's wrath and we owe a ransom for our lives. Friends, it's because of our sin, whether we are high or low, rich or poor, wise or foolish, we'll die. And our money and our possessions, our shares and our properties, our mobile phones, our superannuation, all of it will be left to others. And some of us acknowledge that this is true because we've already written our wills and we've already prepaid our burial plots at Rookwood Cemetery. But why do we keep on trusting in our income and our stocks and our crypto and our super and our property portfolios to save us? They don't save us. Why are we boasting on Facebook and Instagram about the house we own or the car we drive or the foods we eat or the places we go or the experiences that we have? Why are we making our own names great? Are we no better than the rich who surround the psalmist in verse 5. Well, this section of the psalm ends, like any good song, with a chorus or a jingle in verse 12. Everyone, despite their wealth, dies. High and low, rich and poor, wise and foolish. You and I will die. Your money can't save you and you can't pay the ransom. Well, you may have heard of the tract, Two Ways to Live. But this psalm gives us two ways to die. So if you're following the outline, we're at point two, the first way to die. Well, to trust in money is to trust in yourself and your ability to make that money, right? Right? What happens to people who trust in their money and trust in themselves? Well, the psalm says that these people are like sheep being led to the slaughter. Look with me at verses 13 and 14. This is the fate of those who trust in themselves and of their followers who approve their sayings. They are like sheep and are destined to die. Death will be their shepherd but the upright will prevail over them in the morning. Their forms will decay in the grave, far from their princely mansions. Well, sheep follow other sheep blindly. One sheep decides that he's going to walk this way, and another sheep, or that way even, and the rest of the sheep start following without question. But just last week, 200 cars piled up on a bridge in China because of severe fog. No one could see more than 200 metres in front of them and the cars on the road just kept driving, trusting that the cars in front of them were moving and leading them through the thick fog. But what these drivers did not know is that one car at the front crashed, which became two cars, which became a 200-car pile-up, as you can see there. And unfortunately, there were deaths. If you trust in yourself, then you are blindly following like a sheep. 
and you don't know that death is actually closer than you think. You're being led by death straight into a slaughterhouse. However, regardless of who or how we are following, the psalmist says that we can expect to see some injustice and equality along the way. Look with me at verses 16 to 20. Do not be overawed when others grow rich, when the splendor of their houses increases, for they will take nothing with them when they die. Their splendor will not descend with them. Though while they live, they count themselves blessed, and people praise you when you prosper, they will join those who have gone before them, who will never again see the light of life. People who have wealth but lack understanding are like the beasts that perish. While we live, expect to see people get rich and prosper, their houses getting bigger, their names becoming more well-known. And they'll see themselves as being blessed and talk themselves up. And other people will praise them too. But in the end, know that they can't take any of that with them when they die. And they will die without hope. They'll perish, decay, they'll never again see the light of life. They die in need of redemption, owing a ransom to God. Isn't that a dumb way to die? Friends, there will always be injustice and inequality in life. And we shouldn't have a fear of missing out. If you have wealth or splendor, you might be blessed by God, but don't trust in it and don't trust in yourself. These things can't save you because you can't pay your ransom. But as verses 5 and 16 say, don't be afraid. Because there's good news, there's hope, there's actually a second way to die. We know that we can't save ourselves from death. Death has taken us hostage. We're doomed to the grave whether we are high or low, rich or poor, wise or foolish. The ransom to God for our lives is so costly that there is no payment large enough to cover it. Money can't save us from the grave, but it can buy us a good tombstone. However, friends, take heart. The fact that there even is a ransom shows that it's possible to be redeemed and have our ransom paid. But who can pay it? What is the cost? Well, look back at me with me at verse 15, the one that we skipped over. But God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. He will surely take me to himself. But God will, surely. The psalmist is absolutely confident and assured that God will pay the price of the ransom and save him from the grave. He doesn't have to be afraid of wealthy enemies because he knows that God will rescue him from the power of death and take him to the very presence of God himself. Friends, likewise, the grave is not our final destination if we trust in God to save us. He will redeem us. But how will God do this? Well, let's look at the words 
of Jesus in Mark 10.45. Don't go there, it'll be on, on the screen. For even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Who pays the ransom? Jesus pays the ransom. What was the cost? Jesus paid the ransom with his life. One Timothy chapter two verses five to six. Don't go there; it'll be on the screen. Also says, "For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people." This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. God's payment of the ransom through Jesus Christ lets us live forever and flourish in the presence of God. Jesus is our ransom. God saved us by paying the ransom that we could never pay with the innocent life of his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus died on a cross. He was buried in a grave for three days, but God resurrected him. And Jesus ascended into heaven to be in the presence of God the Father. Jesus is our mediator. He is reconciling us to God. Jesus says everyone who trusts in him, whether you are high or low, rich or poor, wise or foolish. But how is this a better way to die. Well, many years ago, my wife Jeanette went to a funeral of an elderly woman who was blessed to live over the age of 100. Let's call her Meredith. As a migrant, Meredith didn't have much wealth. In fact, she came to this country with nothing. Her husband died when they were in their 50s, and so she essentially lived one lifetime married and one lifetime as a widow. Life eventually became hard because of her old age. Her body started to shut down physically and she found it very difficult uh, to walk and to eat. And when she died, she had very little to leave to others. And yet she died happy and full of hope. Why was that? Because Meredith trusted in Jesus early in her life. She was blessed to live her whole life knowing that God uh, was there and she walked alongside with him. And her funeral was actually called a thanksgiving service because she was thankful each day for how God gave her a full life through Jesus. In her old age, she was so excited to die so she could finally meet Jesus face to face and be resurrected with a new body free from decay. And jokingly, she likened herself to Moses, who lived to 120 years old. Meredith will live forever and flourish in the presence of God, and she will see the light of life. Friends, in Jesus, you will live forever. You will not decay, but you will flourish. While your earthly wealth will stay behind, you'll have treasure in heaven. You'll be blessed and prosper forever. And after death, the foolish will never see the light of life, but the upright, for you there will be a resurrection morning. You will see the light of life.
and Jesus will shepherd you into the presence of God. Now we're going to respond with a song, but then I'm going to come back up and we're going to look at some application of what this means. Okay, So let's respond in song and then I'll see you again shortly. Well, many of you here today have wealth. More of you don't or you don't think you do, but you're definitely thinking about it, how to get it, how to keep it. Isn't this what your degree and your career, your promotions and your retirement promise? Isn't it why you prioritise these things over church and uh, Bible study and things like that? Well, Jesus has a warning for us in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21. Don't go there, it'll be up on the screen. This is a parable you might be familiar with. And he, that's Jesus, told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Well, the rich man is trusting in his abundance and himself way too much. You see, it's actually the ground, not him, that yielded an abundant harvest. He doesn't just have enough grain, he has surplus grain that he can live off for many years. And for the next few years, he's going to put his hope and his trust in his wealth and his riches that he stored up for himself. And he's got his own life slogan. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But he died. He died suddenly and he died without warning. And we presume that his wealth is going to be left to others. Now we do this too, don't we? With our bank accounts. I've got a surplus of money. I'm going to put it into shares and crypto and take life easy, trusting in the dividends and the capital gains. Or maybe we do it with our houses. I've got too much stuff. This house is too small for me. I know, I will knock down and I will rebuild my house and it will fit everything that I have and I will trust in how big it is. Or with our super, I've got an abundance of money put aside from my working life that's going to give me plenty in my retirement. Friends, trusting in these things is a dumb way to live and it's a dumb way to die. Paul, too, has a warning for us in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 7 to 10, which is on the screen. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith 
and pierced themselves with many griefs. Trusting in money only leads to you being tempted, trapped, ruined, and destroyed. And you'll start doing evil. Worst of all, you'll wander from your faith in Jesus never to see the light of life again. Friends, this too is a dumb way to live and a dumb way to die. We brought nothing into this world and we take nothing out of this world. We should instead be content with what we already have. Friends, according to the song Dumb Ways to Die, there are 21 dumb ways to die. However, you've instead heard today that there are really only two ways to die. Whether you die setting fire to your hair or poking a stick at a grizzly bear doesn't really matter. There is only death without hope and death full of hope. You can die without hope, like a beast trusting in your wealth and your riches to save you, which is the dumbest way to die. Or you can die full of hope, understanding that God has already redeemed you from the grave by paying the ransom through the life and death of Jesus. Friends, trust in Jesus. Be content with what you already have. Have full assurance, understanding that you will wake in the morning of the resurrection and live eternally with Jesus and with each other in the presence of God forever. Live your life each day in light of this. Will you pray with me? Lord, from Psalm 49, please convict us. Please help us to look at our own lives, the things that we're trusting in that might not be you. Help us to be content with what we already have, Lord, because we have already had our ransom paid by your son, Jesus. Please give us wisdom and understanding every day. Help us to think and reflect honestly about our impending deaths, but give us hope, Lord, that we can die knowing that we will be with you in your presence for eternity. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.